Assalamu alaikum everyone. I hope that you guys are doing good. I hope that you guys are safe. I hope that, you know, Ramadan is treating you good as well. So today's episode is going to be a really, really interesting one. And this is called, You Left a Haram Relationship, What's Next? So I'm going to tell you guys why I have been doing so many Haram Relationship episodes recently. So one of the big reasons why I always loop back to this discussion is because I like to talk about the topics that I see happening a lot within the Muslim teens that I hear a lot about, that a lot of people talk to me about. And alhamdulillah, first of all, all the episodes that I do in regards to this matter do great. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, the people that need to hear it, hear it, and Allah makes it helpful for them, right? So that makes me happy because I want to put out things that help people. I'm no one in this. I don't change anything. I don't help you. It's God that does it, right? So um, he brings the change and whatnot within you. So thank God for that. So I'm no one in this, right? But that's one reason why I want to put out things that I know people will benefit from. One big thing that I will forever stand behind is the fact that I'm going to talk about what I feel like needs to be heard about. I'm not going to talk about a hundred other things that I know people are not necessarily going to need to hear. There's nothing wrong with talking about those things. Those things are also good things. And the people that need to hear them will hear them. But I like to talk about the things that a lot of people don't like to talk about. I like to talk about the topics that are taboo, that have the vibes around them that the Muslim community is too scared to talk about because they don't want to be associated with it. You can talk about something and don't you don't have to be associated with it. You can. Let me tell you why. I've sat here and given advice and talked about a variety of topics that I have never even seen or been in situations like that a day in my life. I'm just sharing my perspective on them. And what if my perspective is the reason that it changes someone's life or it helps someone that is in that situation, right? Now, the one thing that I have seen a lot is the fact that no one wants to talk about haram relationships. They'll just tell you to leave it. They'll tell you that it's haram and I agree, but no one wants to talk about them. And the problem with this is that teens who are very, very devoted and invested in their haram relationships, they don't actually know the damage that happens to them until it happens. And they just know, oh, it's a sin, it's a sin, it's a sin. But no one's telling them, what do you do after you leave? What do you do after you leave someone that, you know, you had a haram relationship with that you thought you were going to spend your life with, that you thought you were going to marry? You know, maybe they're from the same religion as you, maybe they're not. What do you do then? No one talks about that. As far as I've seen. And so I like to talk about that. Because as a teen myself, I think the one big leverage that Alhamdulillah God has blessed me with is the fact that I know what other teens are thinking about. <laughs> okay? the Like the DMs that I read and the, just me being also like a teen, like being around that environment. I can tell you for a fact that this is a very big problem. And you know, it's unfortunate because I have talked to so many people about this discussion. And it's very, very sad to see how haram relationships completely destroy a person and i've talked to lots of girls even last night and earlier this morning as well where it's like their heart is physically in pain like they're genuinely so sad that physically they're feeling exhausted and it's so much pain to carry and it's kind of like what do you do you know because at one point or another whether you knew it was haram or not whether whatever the situation was you saw forever with this person or you saw yourself being with this person and you probably lined up your goals and your attachments and whatnot in a way that was also lining up with that person. So now that you have realized that, oh, I can't be in a relationship like this or relationships are haram or something like that, you are absolutely devastated because now the problem is, what do I do? Who am I? How do I start over again? And I feel like, you know, one of the big messages that we all like to preach is you need to know how to be happy even when you're single. And I've seen people in haram relationships promote this message as well, but you don't realize it. But when you actually end up leaving a haram relationship, you realize that you practically don't know how to be happy. The reason why people don't know how to be happy when leaving a haram relationship 
is mainly because as much as you want to admit that, you know, I'm okay, I'm fine, and, you know, that you should be single and happy as much as people want to promote this type of message, whether you're in a halal relationship, a haram one, whether you're single, married, whether you're married with kids and you're happily, you know, in a great home, like everything was done great, you know what I'm saying, you're financially stable, whatnot, whatever your situation is, you have got to realize that you need to learn to make yourself happy with or without someone around you. And this is a pill that so many people say, oh yeah, if, I, if he was to leave me, I'd still be happy today. Yeah, if she broke up with me, I wouldn't have a problem. Like I'd be sad for a week and then I'd get over it. It's so much more easier said than done. It is so much more easier said than done. People say these things when they're in haram relationships and they're like, oh yeah, it's okay. I know it's haram. I'm just messing around. And when we break up, it won't be a problem anyway. But you're not getting my point here. You practically don't know how to be happy without, you know, whoever else because you have attached the concept of happiness to that person and the big problem is as much as you know you like to preach the message of you know learn to be happy regardless of whether you're single married regardless of whatever situation may be if you don't actually practice how to be happy and how to be happy without anyone whether that comes to friends relationships whatnot like you need to learn to be happy without those things and it it's a hard thing to do. It's, I think it's a lifetime journey in my opinion. I don't think that at any point in your life do you come to a stage where you're like, yeah, I'm 100%, you know, 110% completely okay with the idea of never having anyone around me. I don't think that humanly that's even possible because I just don't see isolation as being a key to happiness. However, you have got to separate the concept and the idea of happiness from people. You don't necessarily have to isolate yourself. No one is saying that. I am saying that you have to detach the concept of happiness from other people. And saying that you're going to isolate yourself and you know you're going to be happy and actually detaching the concept of happiness from someone else is very very two different things when you're isolated you don't deal with the situation anymore you've let it go you're just in your own depression in your own phase going through on your own when you decide that you want to get up and try again at life you want to try again at becoming better doing better you have to take the definition of happiness that you have once at a time installed in someone else or in something or in some situation pull that definition out and realize that no, 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 that's not happiness. Because happiness cannot be contingent on someone. Happiness cannot be contingent on whether someone decides to wake up and treat me good today or whether someone decides to wake up and leave me today. Happiness is contingent on how I choose to treat myself every single day. There's a very big difference between self-care and self-love and this are my takes on it from what I've learned. I feel like self-care is the small steps that you take every single day to take care of yourself in my opinion the greatest form of self-care is making the right decision making the choices to let go of things and making the choices to avoid things that you know will put you in circumstances that you can't handle that is my opinion people define self-care in various different ways some people define it as the fact of taking time out for themselves taking a good bath whatever it may be whether it be in a more worldly matter or whether it be from a spiritual state self-care it's subjective to people my definition of self-care is making the right decision so i don't throw myself in a ditch and have to regret it later on and wish dang i just wish i never said that i wish i never did that my form of self-care is being cautious towards decisions that i know may put me down a bad hole because i know that i worked really hard right and i don't i'm not saying that in a mean way i think all of us we've all worked very very hard to be okay with who we are today right to be pleased with who we are today to have characteristics whether it's worldly or even spiritually of who we are today you worked hard to get to this point everyone does you didn't work so hard to heal to throw her down the garbage right so that is why i think that self-care means to make the right decisions now self 
you know, the concept of self-love, I think, in my opinion, that is more like, it's a bigger concept, in my opinion. I think this is like a big branch. I think that self-love is the tree and self-care is the branch. I think self-love is something that you have to root inside of yourself. And this is not just situational, but even when things are good, that you have to be taking care of yourself, even when things are good. And when things fall short, you have to realize that you did the potentially best you possibly could. You also need to realize that with self-love comes self-care, which means making the right choices. So that's my definition on those two things. I think self-love is a tree. I think self-care is a branch on that tree. I think that if you love yourself correctly, that is something that gets rooted deep inside of you. Self-care is the branch that helps you make better decisions because self-care and making the right decisions is a form of caution which protects all the hard work that you took to grow that tree. So that is my opinion on that. So anyway, coming back to the discussion of, you know, how to relationship. So I think the thing is, you know, actually dissecting the concept of happiness from your partner and then you... And then being like, hold on, what does happiness mean? I think that this is a very big journey. And I think that this is a lifelong journey, even again, when you're married. The first step that I would recommend to anyone, really, after they leave a haram relationship, is repent, bro. Like, sincere repentance. Sometimes that that's really what your heart needs. I know sometimes people have this mindset. And I mean, we all do. We all think like this. We're like, okay, yeah, I have to repent so God can forgive me. Repentance, yes, God does forgive you if you do a sincere repentance. But... There's also something for you in repentance. When you repent, your heart is clean of those sins that were the one thing that weighed you down. And if you have filled up your heart with darkness and you found the light inside of you to repent, then best believe that your your heart still has light in it. Okay, so let's start off with that. Don't lose hope. Your heart still has light in it. If you realize what you were doing was wrong and you got up and you made a change about it and you started repenting, your heart still has hope. I know a lot of people, they feel very, very belittled. They feel very, very heartbroken. They feel very, very sad. God will never want me again. And some people, they stay in haram relationships simply because they think that the concept of repentance and getting forgiven is so far. It's not far. It's right there. It's it's in front of you. You can do it whenever you want, however you want. You just have to let go of that thing, make sincere repentance that you will try your best to not do it again. And that's it. You know, God can forgive you for things you can't forgive yourself for. God is... You know, I, I'd like to hope that God has forgiven me for things that I'm, there's a lot of things I can't forgive myself for. So, you know, God's mercy is never going to be comparable to human form. And if you would like to sit here and think, oh, well, there's no point in me leaving what I love, leaving this haram relationship because I can't forgive myself. Why would God forgive me? Why are you, cre- why are you comparing such a divine power with yourself? God is more merciful than your own mother. God is more loving than we can ever imagine. And you have got to believe in that concept to let go. Every single day that you decided to wake up and go into that haram relationship and do haram things, God still gave you that breath. God still woke you up that morning. God still helped you get to that destination. I don't want to say hell, but God still got you to where you needed to go to do that haram thing. God also gave you the blessing of coming home and being able to pray. God also gave you the blessing of being here today and hearing this podcast and realizing that I still have a chance. Do you get me? God, of course, free will, you know, you you decide you want to do what you want to do. But if God willed, he could have literally, you could have just been dropped dead right now in between the concept of you and your haram relationship. You could have been on a, you know, a date with your haram partner and you could have died right then and there. That's it. You're done for. This is your end. You know, they come to bury you, whatever. This is, this. that's your end. That really could have been your story. But God chose that story not for you. 
And if God chose a different story for you, then you have to love that story and you have to walk and want to read that story because everyone's story ends different. And unfortunately, I bet there are some stories that have ended like that. But God saw something else in you and God saw something of hope and God knew what you were truly capable of. You know, I think sometimes human beings seem sound like a really stupid comparison. We're like rubber bands, you know, we're just flat there, right? And when God starts to test you, you get pulled, you get pulled, you get pulled, you get pulled. And some rubber bands rip. They do rip very easily. But some, no matter how much you pull them, don't rip. Instead, they just hurt your finger. You get hurt trying to pull those things. And that's exactly what life is like. Life is going to try to pull you a lot. You're going to be in a lot of situations where you're going to think, I wish I went back to that relationship. I wish I went back to that haram relationship. I wish I went back to him again. I wish I was happy again. And then you're gonna, it's going to be pulling you. God's going to be testing you. But this is all because God has seen something better in you. And to let that better out, you're going to have to let go of that bad. And how does bad stuff come out? Through emotions, through repentance, through seeking forgiveness, through growing a relationship with God. You have to eliminate those things from your life from actively seeking to eliminate those things from your life. So first of all, start off with repentance. The door of repentance is always open. If you have waken up today and you know, you're breathing, you're here, obviously you're listening to this, your door for repentance is always open. The door for repentance is open for anyone and everyone as long as there is breath in their body. As long as there's breath in their body and as long as you have waken up today, you have another chance. So use that chance. Be wise about it. Don't be foolish and think that, oh, it's over for me. Who said it was over? It's not over until you're dead. Okay, it's not over until you're dead. So you're still here and it's not over for you right now. You can manipulate yourself and be your own enemy and say, oh yeah, it's over, it's over, it's over. It's, it's No one said it was over. You decided that it was over. Lots of people like to believe when it's their own end. God never said it was your end. God saw something better in you. So many of us like to dictate when our own situation will end, when our own life will end, when we will give up. Oh, I will never be able to go on from this. Who said? No one said that. No one said that. Your pain may have been very severe, but your pain can't talk for you. Your mind does. Your mind put those thoughts in you. And you're starting to project those thoughts and think this pain is the worst. I'll never be able to get on from this. You are deciding this for yourself. No one else has decided this for you. God never decided that because if you're go clearly going through a trial or tribulation, you let go of something haram and God is clearly trying to get you on the right path. So we're not done with you. You may have been done with yourself. But the question is, why are you doing that to yourself? Why have you given up so easily on yourself? Why have you been so little to yourself? Why have you been degrading yourself? Why have you thought that it's over for you when the almighty God, the one who's way more powerful, has seen things in you? Why have you decided that it's your own end when no one said it is? You know what I'm saying? The second step is cutting contact. You have got to cut contact. You know what? I have talked and argued with so many girls about this. So many girls. Y'all, I have a sore throat, by the way. Um, So if I sound off, I'm sorry. And that's why I'm like taking moments to breathe because it's the sore throat, ain't it? But I have talked to so many girls where I have fought with them for... You know, not fought, but, you know, told them on text repeatedly. You're going to have to cut him off. You're going to have to cut him off. You're going to have to delete the app. You're going to have to delete his number. You're going to have to delete it. You're going to have to delete it. You're going to have to let it go. They won't do it. They'll continue to sit there and act like they're, you know, just friends with someone that they had something way more with. Which, first of all, if you want my two cents on that, that's that's so stupid. It's not possible. It's not possible to be just friends with someone that you had a lot with. That is my opinion. 
That is my solid opinion. No one can change my mind. And when the discussion even comes down to friendships, you can't even allow that in Islam. So don't do that. Don't even sit there and be on the edge and be like, oh yeah, we're just being best friends until the time is right. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You know, so many people, they're scared of letting him go because they're like, oh, well, we wanted to get married, you know, five years from now. So that's how we're keeping contact. And, you know, that's why I'm literally calling him every night. That's why we're talking. I'm going to tell you something for a fact. When someone wants to wait for you, they're going to wait for you. You do not need to sit here and, you know, break the laws of Islam by having a male friend or whatnot and doing all of this for them to wait for you. I can assure you that when the right person has true good, you know, feelings for you at heart, that trust me, trust me, they'll wait. And so many people are scared of letting them go. And my question is, well, why are you having such a lack of trust issues? The truth is in a haram relationship, I think no one ever actually trusts their partner. You can't tell me likewise. No one actually trusts their partner because, like, I mean, you know what they're doing in front of you. And you may think, like, you know what they're doing behind you. But, you know, intentions are a very big thing. And I just don't think that anyone completely trusts their partner in a haram relationship. And now that you guys are just friends, it's even more a situation where, listen, if someone wants to go break up with you, say that they're doing it for the sake of God and they want to become a better person, and then go date someone else later, let them go. Okay, bye. You want to go? Go. That doesn't mean you sit here and you go, oh yeah, I'm going to go date someone else too so I can get some enemies, so I can get some revenge, so I can show them like, oh yeah, I can get someone too. Why? Why? They decide that path for themselves, let them go. Let them go. You can advise, but they decide to go, so okay, that that's them. That is them. How are you taking an L because someone else decided to end a haram relationship with you and then go in another one? Let it go. Let them go. Because their true colors are showing anyway. Whether or not you were to engage with this person, you know, consecutively on a quote, quote, friend basis, or whether you were to date this person until the time of marriage came, if they can let go of the concept or idea of you or the love of you and whatnot, trust me, they were not meant for you. I'm not saying that you should sit here for 30 years and make a soap opera drama about how much you love someone. What I'm saying is that the right person if you ended a haram relationship, the right person will work on themselves and they will be loyal to you at heart. They will make dua for you, they'll make that Allah makes it work out for you. That's it. It's simple as that. Now, if you find it to be too difficult to be on such simple grounds like that, then there's a lot of complications between you and that person that you should be trusting. So there you go. Red flag. But, you know, it is what it is. You have got to cut contact. If you think that you're going to get old through all of this without cutting contact, you're crazy. It's not possible. You cannot heal in the same place that you got hurt. You cannot change my mind on that statement. But if you sit here and think, oh, yeah, well, I'm just going to be friends with them until then. I'm just going to talk to them until then. Trust me, like I'm keeping my distance. I'm only texting a little bit. It, no, just cut contact. Just cut contact. You have no business with this person anymore. I know that's hard. I know that you planned a life with them. I know that you love them. I get that. But be reassured that when something's meant for you, it won't miss you. Even by an inch, it won't miss you. But when something's not meant for you, it could be in your hand. And I can promise you, you still won't be able to get a grasp of it. So stop thinking so much. Stop worrying so much. If you need to block them, block them. You need to delete their number, delete them. And let them know. Be honest. I can't talk to you anymore. I don't feel like this is right. Don't reach out to me. I need time for myself. There is nothing harsh about setting boundaries. There is nothing harsh about telling someone that you are not available right now. And this isn't out of insult. And if they take it the wrong way, they're like, oh yeah, she probably cheated on me. She probably got with someone else. Or you're doing all this because you don't love me anymore. How could you? If they take it the wrong way and they read it in a hundred different ways as to what it was actually meant, then whatever. You know, like you could... 
provide clarification, but you know your intention. Some people like to gaslight you and make you question your intentions when you tell them that you need to set boundaries because it makes them feel like they're causing you some type of guilt. And so what they'll do is purposely make a situation out that way. Like you cannot change my mind on that, literally. Lots of people will make you break down the boundaries that you set for yourself with pure intention of trying to get closer to God and trying to get better for yourself. And they will guilt trip you and emotionally also, you know, make you feel a type of way for the fact that you set a boundary against them. There's nothing wrong with setting boundaries against people because if you know your worth and you also know that they know your worth correctly, they won't undermine you and they won't view you in a way that is wrong. They won't think that, oh, she's doing this, she's doing that. They will see the best in you they'll give you the benefit of the doubt and that's why i think the benefit of the doubt is very important especially in the concept of love if you really love someone you will sit there and give them the benefit of the doubt that they need to block they need to move on then to delete my number because they genuinely need to heal that doesn't mean they don't love me that doesn't mean they don't want me that doesn't mean they're not gonna marry me i just they just need to do it there's a lot of damage that goes into those things they need to do it but if you do do that and you see the other person slipping up and they get into relationships and they're doing that, they're doing that, then, you know, intentions get exposed. Lots of times when you're ending a haram relationship, it's like a war between you and the person where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm loyal. And they're like, yeah, I'm loyal, too. I'm loyal more. I'm more loyal. Okay, let's see. Let's see. We won't talk. We won't talk. Let's see who breaks first. And a lot of times, as much as loyal as, as you know, as loyal as you think someone may be you'll be surprised on who breaks first. You really will. And whether breaking first means, you know, getting into another haram relationship or doing something else like that, you'll you'll find out. And if none of you break, then it's obvious that the love was legit. You know what I'm saying? You're working on yourself for the sake of God. You're getting better for the sake of yourself as well. And then things will, inshallah, work out when the time is right, right? But sometimes people, again, in haram relationships, people want to make it seem like the person and the partner they're with is an amazing person. Listen. No. As much as they may portray themselves to be an amazing person to your face, how do you think that a relationship that God has specifically said is going to hurt you, is bad for you, is not good for you, is going to have a person in there that's going to be good for you? Like, it, the equation doesn't make sense. You cannot sit here and say, oh yeah, my partner is amazing, he's so good, he's so loyal, and maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is, maybe you all are married today. But the 95% case no, because as much as you may know what they do to your face, you do not know what they do behind your back. And as much as you may want to act like you know what they do behind your back, you do not know their intentions. Lots of people could be messing with you just to mess with you. Okay, it's, let's, let's not act like that's not common. So many people mess around, sleep around, do whatever because it's just for fun. And as much as you may think that, oh, I'm such in a loyal, devoted relationship, he's never going to do that to me. You know, he said he's going to talk to my dad. Well, he said he's going to talk to your dad. Then why isn't he talking to your dad yet? Like, why isn't he talking to your dad yet? Literally, girls will always be like, oh yeah, he said he was gonna talk to my dad. He said he was gonna talk to my dad. Well, where is he? We're waiting. Why is he not talking to your dad yet? I just don't get it. And that's the thing. When you ask them every time it's something new, he said he wasn't financially ready. Okay, I get that. Then don't talk to him till then. I have told so many girls this advice and it has always ended in two ways. One, they get married ASAP. Two, the dude shows his true intentions every single time. I always tell my girls this. So many girls have DM me about this. If a man is not talking to your dad for the sake of marriage, right? And you want to see if his intentions and reasons or whatnot are actually legit. As much as he may be loyal and loving to you, you have sometimes got to test the ground and apply some pressure. Tell him straight up, okay, I'm not going to talk to you until then. So let me know when you want to talk to him and we'll fix it. We'll, you know, get it arranged. But as of right now, I'm not going to talk to you until then instantly the guy's gonna go why why don't you want to talk to me da, 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 the, whole, the whole fuss cry session why don't you want to talk you don't love me no 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 
No one said that. I just care about my ahira. And in Islam, if you really want something, you know, you need to be striving goodness towards it. You can't be sitting in a haram relationship and then, you know, expect it all to be great. It's not going to be easy unless you don't let it go, unless you don't repent, unless you don't take those actions, right? You're going to have to take those actions to get to that point. So they're instantly going to go crazy. Oh, you don't love me. You know, you're being like this, you're being like that. Straight up, no, I'm not. No, I'm not being like that. No, it's not that I don't have those feelings for you. It's just straight up the fact that I cannot talk to you. This is what my God tells me. Do not let a man manipulate you into lowering or even erasing the boundaries that you have set, especially the boundaries that God has told you to set. And if a man has a problem with the fact that you have set boundaries on how you want to treat him and talk to him, especially when he's your non-mahram, and he has all these fusses and cries and says like, oh, you don't love me, you don't care for me, you know the little fussing that they be doing, no offense. And, you know, they want to make it projected out as if like you're like the worst monster in the world and you're like a manipulator, you're a gaslighter, you're a witch, you're horrible, right? And you're only following the Islamic boundaries? Baby, ghost. Because at the same time, if you have such a big problem with what God is telling me to do in this situation, God has told us that we should keep a distance. So, you know, things are arranged, things are halal, whatnot. So then be it. I'm following that. If you have such a big problem with it, then I think you should, you know, really look into the scriptures and whatnot. Ask God about that. But don't come at me for that. Because straight up, if I'm if I'm trying my best, don't, in, don't interfere with that. And I think it's already hard enough in this generation to try your best to follow Islamic obligations. And when you see someone doing that and you know deep down in your heart that their intentions are not bad, they do love you, but you just want to make it seem like they're like the worst monster on the surface so they'll get peer pressured into doing what you want, you're you're horrible. You're horrible. You're, you're literally a manipulator, bro. You're horrible. But it always ends in two ways, bro. Tell him straight up to come talk to your dad. Either he'll fuss and cry and he'll be like, oh, I can't do that right now. My this, my that, my that, my that. Okay, no problem. And I'm not saying that all those excuses are invalid. Absolutely not. No, there are some certain I'm sorry, some situations where, you know, parents won't let you get married to someone that doesn't have a job or financial or school or whatever, out of state, whatever. Right? Like, okay, makes sense. And I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. Those are not, you know, stupid excuses, I guess, because I don't even think those are excuses. But you know, some men they do like to use them as excuses when that's not actually the real situation. But you know, some of those things are very, very valid. And be like, all right, great, no problem. You can talk to me. You can start getting into contact with me again once you let me know when you want to talk to my dad. If you are messing with the right guy, you are, you know, Islamically trying to get to know the right guy, he's gonna say, Okay, no problem. I'll let you know. You know, Islamicum, bye. That's it. Because he realizes that you are trying your best to fulfill your Islamic obligations for your sake, for his sake, and for Ahira's sake, right? But if he starts fussing with you, you know exactly where you stand. You know exactly where you stand. Because the second you start to make yourself a little bit unavailable, and they see that you have started to make yourself unavailable, it becomes a problem. Because usually in our society, it's men that act like they're unavailable. It's men that act like, oh, you know, I'm too cool, I'm too this, I'm too that. For that girl, I'm just messing around with her. Why should I, you know, put a title on her? Why should I put a label on her? You know, unfortunately, even out of Islam, just the discussion of relationships, period, in society, a lot of men don't feel the need to marry a girl that they love because she's giving them absolutely everything as their girlfriend. And then the same case goes down below. Lots of men don't even feel the need, again, outside of Islam, outside of Islam, I'm not promoting this, but outside of Islam, you know, speaking from, a, again, a society perspective, some men don't even feel the need to make a girl their girlfriend because she's giving them absolutely everything while being nothing to him. He owes her nothing. Practically, they have an inside thing, quote, quote, but practically both of them on the outside owe them nothing. And if there is no title, then mm, I don't know what to tell you. But again, that's again, 
even if and even if someone's like you know your boyfriend your girlfriend from an islamic perspective they still don't owe you crap because they have never came up to the front to talk to your dad to make it legit to make it to the point that okay i actually want to live with you forever you know so many people they're like oh my god i want to live with you forever you know i'm so in love with you like i can't live without you okay then talk to my dad okay then come and make it legit okay then come and you know do what you need to do but they won't do that and that's the thing a lot of people can say a lot of stuff but not a lot of people can act towards it okay so please girls stop listening to you know people that will guilt trip you every single time you set a boundary you're not wrong for setting a boundary you're not wrong for wanting to follow islamic obligations but when it comes to the discussion of you know haram relationships you really do have to cut contact. I don't think there's any way possible that you could completely heal without cutting contact. You just can't. There's no way you can talk to someone that you had such big memories with and, you know, act like they're like a normal person to you. It's not going to go long. And, you know, you can try it out two months, three months tops, but every single night you're just going to get yourself more hurt. It's not worth it. Just don't do it. You're going to have to cut contact. You will. The next thing that I want to talk about, step three, in my opinion, is to reflect and start over. Why is this a step? And this may sound very basic and you're probably like, what's the point of this? I think this stage is when you really start to internalize your decision. And stage three is not an easy stage. Sometimes you're on stage for years because you have, you know, again, been with this person for so long or you plan something. And it's like now you're living out the moments of your life that you thought you would live out with them and you're not and they're not there with you. And it's kind of like it's a process. You have to ponder and you have to reflect and you also have to realize that you can't turn back. You can't, you know, living a haram relationship is hard. But once you've left, don't be that person that goes back, because when you go back, you're only making it harder for yourself. God opened up the door for you to, you know, come back, repent, change your way, start a new life. And you decided that you wanted to go back. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like sometimes some doors are shut in our life and they stay shut for a reason. Haram relationships is one of them. When you walk out of a haram relationship, consider that door shut and sealed and done. What some people do is they will literally break down that door. They will get an axe, they will get it all, and they will break down that door just to get back in. But the question is, well, why do you have to do all that to get back to something that is quote, quote, already written for you. If it's written for you, you can just keep walking to the doors that God opens for you, walking on God's path, and you'll see that thing pop up again. But if it's not written for you, and you don't, and you know, it's not meant for you, that doesn't mean you turn back and you start breaking that door down with axes and, you know, whatnot, and breaking down the door so you could get in. Well, if you had to do all that for something that was written for you, I'm afraid that it just was not right for you. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't have to do that much for what God has written. I'm not saying you don't have to try. That's not what I'm saying. You, of course, have attempts in life. You have to go for it. But you do not need to break down doors to, you know, show this person that, oh, hey, look, I tried to change my ways and I'm back again. Like, I love you more than I love God. That's insane. Don't don't be that person. Essentially, that's what you're implying. Unfortunately, as much as you may, you know, try to be a religious person, you love this person more than you love God. And you think you can't live without this situation. And honestly, sometimes it even turns to borderline shirk without even realizing. It's it's sad and it, it happens. And sometimes it happens and we don't even notice it. You have got to realize that the decision that you made was the right decision. And when Islam confirms your decision, trust me, you are the one that's right. The Really, I feel like what is judgment and what is, you know, getting held accountable? I don't think in life. Well, okay, look, here's the thing. I think from a dunya perspective, yes, you know, you get held accountable by the law, by, you know, maybe you're in school, you know, like 
by higher authority, right? But I think ultimate accountability and being held liable comes from God, right? And God, I feel like, you know, it's, it's the best court, the best judgment and on everything, right? And if you make a decision and you know that God is on your side on this decision and you make it in this dunya, you best believe that it's going to favor you in this dunya and in the ahirah. Because God is the one that's judging you. And if you do something that the judge likes, you will win. But now you're turning against the odds. You're flipping around. Oh, God knows how much pain I was in. Trust me. God knows. Like, I sat up there suicidal at night. And for me to not be suicidal, for me to not kill myself, I have to get back with this person. No, you're making it worse. You're making it worse. Because haram relationships haram for a reason. Now that you're completely damaged, you've literally made your sole purpose to be with this individual. God has not made you here for this. God has made you here for a greater, bigger plan. You are suffocating yourself. You are belittling yourself. You are downgrading yourself. Don't do that. When you turn around and you decide that I'm done, I'm through with this, realize that you made the right decision. I think the next step that is the most important step in my opinion is don't compare yourself. Step four, avoid comparison. And this also ties in with step three. They're very, very much on the same level. I'll tell you why. If you are able to bear through the fact that, okay, I made the right decision, I know what I did was right, and you are reaffirmed, you are positive, and you are proud that you made the right decision, right? Like, you have gotten through all your doubts. You're like, alhamdulillah, God has guided me. He put me in the right place. I'm walking on the halal good path now, right? And you may love that person, but you decide to let this person go. You know, it's for the better. Like, you have gained that wisdom, right? You've gained the real purpose, right? What happens? Unfortunately, sometimes, sometimes it's not always the case. But, you know, with how teens are nowadays and with everything, I'm not trying to criticize, you know, my Muslim teens. I'm, I'm not. This is not my intention. My intention is not to belittle you. But sometimes what happens is you might see your partner, well, you know, your ex, get into a relationship with another girl or with another guy. And in this moment is when the comparison stage comes in. Because now you're going to go crazy. You're going to start dogging yourself out, being like, oh my God, he got with her. He said that he was going to work on his dean. He said that he was going to ask my dad for my hand. He said this, he said that, and now he's dating her. Or, you know, she said that she wasn't going to do this. And now she's like, you know, with some other guy. And then this is where the comparison comes in. What did I do wrong? Why am I not good enough? I thought I was a good enough person because I even stepped back. I loved someone so much that I stepped back for the sake of their how am i not worthy how am i not good enough and then it starts this whole round of comparison where you're kind of like oh i step back for the sake of the dean and then look what god did he he gave you know who i love to someone else no 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 they made that choice they had free will in that moment and you know what this is the stage where also drama starts you know where their new partner might want to start to dog you out they might want to start to you know get at you and humiliate you and be like oh my god look who i'm dating look who i'm with uh, it, they don't even care if it's a relationship they're just like oh my god look at such a flex i have the man that you know you once had and i think it's very very important to remember that sometimes some females have a very very big confidence and arrogance when they're dating a man that some other girl had and if that man did them dirty or manipulated them or dogged them out in some way and let them go or they both ended it for the sake of the dean and now he's dating someone else i feel like the girls that you know he's currently with they have lots of pride and lots of arrogance that they really ate and that they want something but unfortunately i think the same situation will show you within time that you're gonna end up just like the past one did and you can't change my mind on that you can't you know why because look if he broke up with a girl he was a manipulator toxic or whatever you know nine yards right left her whatever and 
she moved on she's trying to get better with her life whatnot and then he starts dating someone else and he never even once pondered upon the situation never once thought that he was wrong he's gonna do it to her too he's gonna do it to her don't worry okay you know there, there's this thing there's this quote that i just i just love and i think that this quote you do not need to go into depth about it it just says it don't worry it's just the beginning that's it that's all I think. Every single time I hear girls and I see girls going through these situations and they're like, oh my God, you know, he broke up with me saying that he was going to work on his ahira and now he's dating another girl and he's treating her all so good and, you know, they're going out and whatnot and he says he's going to ask her for marriage and he's like actually going to make it halal with her. They're in a haram relationship right now, but he's going to fix it with her. I'm always like, don't worry. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Sit down, sis. It's just the beginning. Let's watch this one. Because I'm telling you, a lot of times when they go in a haram relationship again without realizing that the last one was wrong, like without ever seeing your mistake, and you keep going, 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 you're going to end up in a dead end, bro. You will. And so this also applies to girls. I'm only speaking about men because I'm a girl, right? So please don't take that offensive. But again, it don't worry it's just the beginning that is like I, I bro i live by that i'm like don't worry it's just the beginning you know the first two three maybe even six months it's amazing it's sweet it's great you know like i'm in a haram relationship with someone but i know god this person for me i know god you know destined this person for me this is my cutter this man was meant for me okay don't worry it's just the beginning it's just the beginning and trust me when someone doesn't take the time out to actually fix themselves to actually fix the things that you know are you know, making them scarce within the dean or whatever. Like, if you don't take the time out to actually heal and fix yourself, trust me, you will bleed on other people. I always say this hurt people hurt people. And if you're a hurt person and you're not fixing the fact that you're hurt, you will continue to bleed on people with old wounds that could have been been shut and done if you actually took the time out to sit with, out, sit out with yourself. That's the situation. Hurt people hurt people. And hurt people sometimes don't like to take the time out to heal because they know how hurt they are. So they will literally bleed over people that had nothing to do them wrong with really, really old wounds that could have been done shut. But yet they put a band-aid on it. And anytime someone tries to take off that band-aid, it becomes a problem. Anytime someone tries to mention that topic, they start bleeding out. They start, you know, whatnot. Should have took the time out to heal, unfortunately. Now, I'm not saying this in a prideful manner, in an arrogance manner, and being like, oh, you know, it's your fault. Again, sometimes we make really poor decisions the thing here is this you realize you repent you start over right but trust me in this stage it's so easy to see your ex move on with someone else and be like oh my god what did i do why in in this phase really i think this is when a lot of people start to regret leaving haram relationships because they're like I left a haram relationship, but my ex got in another one and now I should get in another one to show him. I should show him what I could do. I should, you know, beat him to the punch. I should show him that, oh, look, I'm going to get married to this person. I should show him that, look, I'm in this haram relationship. I should post this Instagram picture. I should show them what I'm doing on my story. Like, I want them to see. I want him to see how good I am without him. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. The best revenge is the revenge that you just leave it be. Trust me. Because the people and, you know, the way the situation works out... God will do what he needs to do in the right time, whether that's helping that person get out of that haram relationship or teaching them a lesson. It's none of our business. It's not my concern and it's not my judgment. This is not mine and your business anymore. Trust me. If your ex who said that they were going to fix themselves got in a haram relationship, you know, you can advise, you can let them know. And maybe they do know that it's wrong. But at one point or another, you just got to be like, all right, your path is your path. My path is my path. And I'm not going to let those paths interfere because I worked hard to pave this path for myself. And it takes courage to walk on this path. And not everyone can walk on that path. But hey, it's just the beginning. It is what it is. Let it happen. I'm not saying to support, you know, be like, oh my God, y'all are so cute. You know, I totally don't care the fact that you got another relationship. Like, don't sit here and, you know, support that crap. 
You know what I'm saying? But like, you got to realize that, you know, you could advise, you can let them know that, hey, like that's messed up. But at one point or another, you need to know your place. You know what I'm saying? This is not your job. It's not. And especially if someone knows and they're still doing it, then it's kind of like, it really depends. Like, it, you know, I don't even know what to say at that point. Because, like, a lot of people do get into haram relationships knowing it's haram. And they think that's going to be different. But that's the thing. Like, sometimes you have to break the perception and actually realize, like, what is haram, bro? Like, why is it haram? Like, you need to, again, internalize, reflect, stop comparing, stop doing all that. Like, it, it's a process. And that's exactly why I included this in the step. Don't let this stage break you weak and make you think that you should go back. Trust me. If someone can move on after they said that they loved you and, you know, you were their world and they die for you, da, da, da. Trust me, first of all, no one dies over love. Breaker. Y'all might not like that one, okay? My young audience, trust me, even teens, like, I'm 18, I'm telling you this, from the bottom of my heart to the tip of my chest, bro, no one dies over love. Nobody does. Don't let them fool you. Don't let, you know, society, media, culture fool you. You'll be fine. You will be fine. I'm not gaslighting your emotions. I'm not telling you the way that you feel is wrong. But trust me, you'll be fine. One day you're going to, inshallah, wake up. You're, you know, you're going to be on the right path of God. You're going to be seeking knowledge. You're going to be doing the right things. You're going to, you know, wake up, get to drive yourself to wherever you want to go. Enjoy a good sunrise. Enjoy a good coffee. Live your life and be independent. Be financially independent. Be strong and be happy and be proud of yourself. That day will come. But to see those days, you have to let go of the things that weigh you down. Okay? So trust me, if you see, you know, them moving on, them doing this, them doing that, it, it's not your business anymore. After you decide to cut it off, it's not your business anymore. And sometimes people will even get into new relationships just to show them, just to show the other person, like, look, remember when you cut me off for the sake of Ahira? Look, I found someone else that cared for me. Uh, No, no, they don't. No, they don't. They don't care for you. They don't care for you. If some, Look, look, they don't care for you, bro. They don't care for you. A person that gets into a relationship and a person that leaves a relationship for the sake of both of their ahiras, they're not the same. Someone is thinking about your eternal. Someone loves you so much that they're thinking about your eternal life. They're thinking about here and after. And the person that you decide to get with only cares about you on this dunya, oh, I love you on this dunya, then on the ahira, all hell breaks loose, right? So don't compare yourself. You did not take any L. When God is by your side, no one can do crap to you. Let me tell you that. I can promise you that you will fear so many situations. You will fear getting into drama. You'll fear maybe getting jumped. You'll feel like, you know, his new girl trying to act all crazy upon you. And she think that, you know, she ate or whatever. Trust me, it's a matter of time. She'll learn too. She'll see too. Let that be. And he will too if we're talking about, you know, God, if we're talking the perspective of girls. Trust me, the new partner will see. It's not your job to make them see. You know what I'm saying? Like you can warn someone, be like, hey, this person's like this. You might want to be careful. If they think that you're just trying to be like a facade, you know, as they say in Urdu, into someone else's relationships, then okay. Okay. I'll, you do you. And it's I'm not saying, again, that I'm supporting that. You can advise someone. You can help someone. But if someone does it out of a cocky, arrogant way, thinking that they're going to try to hurt you, and maybe they have hurt you. Now you are sitting here comparing yourself, wanting to go back. Realize that they didn't love you enough. They didn't. When someone loves you, they won't work up your nerves of anger and jealousy and whatever. The final and biggest step that I want to tell you guys to conclude this discussion is to realize your worth and to realize that you are not wrong. And every single day, I want you to wake up and affirm yourself of your decision. I am not wrong for making the right decision, the right decision that God accepts from me, the right decision that God has guided me to, the right decision that God approves of in this dunya and the ahira. 
I am not wrong for leaving a haram relationship where it wouldn't have ended up good anyway, where I would have gotten dogged out or hurt in some way, shape, or form, where I wouldn't know that person's intention, where I wouldn't know what's going on, where I don't know what this person's doing behind my back, where as much as I want to believe that they're loyal, that they're great, that I trust them, da da da, you don't know, right? I am not wrong for letting go. You need to wake up every single day, bro, and you need to internalize that, you need to say that, and you need to let yourself remember that. You are not wrong, okay? You are not wrong for letting go of something that was not good for you. As much as it may have seemed good for you. You may like something and it can be bad for you. And you may hate something and it can be good for you. This is not your place to decide. God will show you. And if God has given you the chance to turn back, start over, do something great, take that pain, invest it into something amazing and grow and help other people as well. You know, fun little story. My podcast The way that my podcast started actually started when I was extremely lonely because I had no friends after moving and I was also in a really big depression about so many different things, right? And so since I was so lonely and I was isolating myself, I realized that it was time for me to start getting out of my circle and talking to people, getting out of my circle and like trying to make friends again. But by the time I was ready, everyone had just moved on, became different or just were not some people that I felt like the moral compass aligned with. So I made a podcast. Now, alhamdulillah, I can assure you that those things that I made in the days when I was depressed, talking about don't be depressed, when I sat here and talked about those things and I invested my energy in this, today, alhamdulillah, I can say it was worth it. Because now, I, I never a day in my life thought my podcast would be where it is today. You know, alhamdulillah. Well, I'm, I'm, I have no say in this. It's, oh God, that does it. But invest your, invest your pain seriously invest your pain into something good internalize it realize it reflect on it every day let those reflections be the things that make you a better you let those reflections be the things that gain you strength that gain you peace that gain you happiness let those reflections be lessons for other people invest it in yourself you deserve it you are worth of everything and you need to know every single day that you didn't make a right a wrong decision you do not make a wrong decision letting go and letting god you do not make a wrong decision doing the right decision in a court where God is the judge. You didn't mess up. Don't look back. Because when you do look back, you're going to start all over again on the same steps. And you're going to wonder, why did I ever let go? Why did I ever come back? You're working very hard to pave and to make a brand new route. And you deserve to walk on this route. Okay, I hope that this episode was beneficial to you guys. I hope that you guys are having, you know, a great day. I hope that Ramadan is treating you well, inshallah. So I hope that you guys are safe. Um... I think that's all I can say for today. Um, You know, if you guys have any interesting thoughts, I'd love to hear them. And then, as-salamu alaykum.